The Zone Sports Network is taking you to the movies. This is the Movie Zone on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Hope you had a good Easter. Welcome to the middle of the fourth month of the year. Isn't that crazy? We are halfway through April. How did that happen? And more than a quarter of the way through 2021. Getting closer to winter. I'm Austin. He's Johnny. It's the movie zone. Getting closer to winter. Uh, Sorry. Uh, getting closer to big time movies. Yes, we are. The summer. big summer blockbusters are on their way soon. We might have some time today. We might want to go down the list. Okay. Of upcoming movies and, and just give people because I think there's a lot of movies that everyone's heard sure. were going to be out. They didn't come out or they've been moved to different dates and it's kind of all been lost. There's been a lot of shuffle in there. The first one that definitely came out already was a uh, Godzilla versus King Kong. That one came out already and soon, yeah. soon to be out, I believe later this month, the new Mortal Kombat. Yeah, like next week. Yep, next week. I'm excited about that. You said that we've already had one big release with King Kong Godzilla. That's that's not a big release. It was, though. It's that's just, the thing. It's just not an independent film up on the big screen was, like we've been used to in the last year. Look, if Howard Stern is talking about it, it's a big release. I know it made a lot of money. Yeah, it did, and it was not good. It's terrible. It's okay. I know. It's okay. It's bad. It's bad. But- at least those big movies are coming back this summer. We will have them again. And this was like the first and always, like I said last week, the first maybe one, two, three are kind of that come out early summer, spring or just blah. Yeah. And then the good ones hit. Well, the good news is our friends at Megaplex, all the best picture nominees. Yeah. They're they're available for you. At Megaplex I love theaters. that they do that yeah. because yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. We see a lot of movies, you and I, but we can't see every single movie out there. There's a lot that still kind of slipped through. And if you did, if you missed the th- uh, one of these award-winning, quote-unquote, uh, movies, you get a second chance to see it in the theater. And I think that's really cool that Megaplex does that. Yeah, and the one this week uh, is Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah. Daniel Kaluuya, Lakeith Stanfield. They were uh, both in uh, Get Out together. And weren't they also in, uh, wasn't he in a Marvel movie? Lakeith Stanfield? One of the cats was in a Marvel movie, yeah. And Jesse Plemons, based on true events, Fred Hampton, a young charismatic activist, becomes chairman of the Illinois chapter of the Black Panthers, putting him directly in the crosshairs of the government, the FBI, and the Chicago police. But to destroy the revolution, the authorities are going to need a man on the inside. Nominated for six Oscars, including Best Picture, Best Supporting Actor, Cinematography, Mm -hmm. Original Song, and Original Screenplay, Rated R, Judas and the Black Messiah there at Megaplex this week for a Best Picture nominee. And this was a very powerful movie. Oh, did you see it? Yeah, I did. I and seen uh, it. wow, it's a good movie. Uh, it could a- win. I'm not kidding. I think No Man Land is going to win, but this could be right up there with like very close. To cool. Yeah. So uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. So uh, just while we're talking about big releases, there yeah. have been some big releases that's just kind of flown under the radar because not a lot of people were going to the theater. Correct. But everyone, I think, is going to start flocking back. Oh, for sure. Hey, before we get into the movie zone showdown results and the other movies coming out this week. Yes, sir. You and I had a had a Twitter beef. After the Jazz uh, yes, we Suns game. But it's not a hateful Twitter thing. It's just a, you see it one way, I see it another way. Yeah, you are. This surprised me because you were born in a generation 
where not everyone got a participation ribbon and trophy. And I was born in that generation. And I believe that there should be a winner and a loser of every matchup all across the board. One gets the trophy, the other one doesn't. Okay. And that you can be a good sport without being... Uh, without admitting to or or uh, owning the fact that the other team bested you that day. Does okay. that make sense? No, it does. And, and you were saying that you should all just be friends and buddy-buddy and kiss on the cheek after each game. No, I, I yes and no. <laughs> yes and no. Let me, let me rephrase. I agree with what you said. There should definitely be a winner and a loser. <laughs> you should definitely have that mentality, that killer mentality. You know, I'm going to take it down and I'm going to win. But there's no reason after the game that you can't be, hey, man, that was cool. Thanks, man. See ya. That's okay. Okay. What so, you just said is fine. So I think what we were saying but was the same thing. what happened was not that. <laughs> no? No. It, maybe it came across weird. It looked like a family picnic reunion. Like oh, everyone was setting out picnic blankets. I, see. I, th- and, I thought you said what I said came across weird. No, no. you're saying what they did on the court. Yeah, I, I got gotcha. you. I, I want to see uh, competitors compete. On their playing field. Sure. If they want to then go in the tunnels or or wait for the Players Association gatherings to be buddy-buddy, fine. But okay. on that hardwood floor, that is, and I hate the war cliches, but I can't think of another one that matches right now, that's the battlefield. You are absolutely right, it is. You don't, you don't bro-dab the, the enemy. No, no, what, I, what I'm referring you to is... grab their throat and you rip it through their belly button. Sure. The the Detroit the Detroit Bad Boys. Okay, let's go let's go back a little uh-huh. bit and talk about the Detroit Bad Boys. Well, they were just dirty. Right, but they would have that mentality after the game, after they just destroyed you or got destroyed, that they're not talking to anybody. I'm walking off the court, see you later. Ugh. You no. Know? You can do a quick thanks for the game. That's what I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. being a gentleman. That's sure. it's it's like playing chess. But you don't have to be getting matching tattoos there at center court. No, no, you don't have to do and, that. And friendship bracelets. And you just don't like all the... Taking the, blood uh, oaths. You don't like all the handshakes and hugs and butt slappings. And, and the jersey swapping and the laughing and... The, oh, I hate when, when you've just lost a really tough fought game and you're laughing 18 seconds after the whistle, I, it doesn't compute with me. So let me let me ask you this. This is, this is an interesting take. Um... Is it possible that we think too much about it and to them it's just a game? It's a job? You know, like, do we make it into that, oh, they need to tear each other's heads off kind of thing? Or is it, is it like, like I think when I'm on the road, when I was back on the road performing, right? Bands you played with, we were playing, but people would always put, oh, this band is so much better than this band, but now they're touring together. How can they possibly do it? Then you see them walking off stage arm in arm. Are we making up that that controversy? Are we making up that fight between them? Are they really just friends? Yeah, just, they we're are. Play, we're just playing games. No, they, they are friends. They are friendly. They are friends. They are co-workers. Exactly, yeah. But they're also competing with one another. Very true. And one of them just lost... And looks fine with it, and that bothers me. Looking fine give, with losing, yes. Give losing. give yourself ten minutes to to get off the floor, and then do that stuff. Okay. But on that floor, if you just lost to someone on that floor, and eleven seconds after the horn are laughing and dabbing it up and exchanging yeah. numbers yeah. And, and making dinner plans, then it makes it appear, and I'm not saying it's true, but it makes it appear that you didn't care as much as you probably needed to. 
Yeah, no, I can see that point 100%. I think, uh, I think you should be a killer on the floor. When it's done, you go your separate way. Winners and losers go the separate way. But that doesn't mean you have to, I hate that Michael Jordan guy, you know, or something like that. Yeah, I'm not saying, I'm not saying anything like that. No, I'm neither saying, am I. I'm saying don't be kissing each other on the mouth yeah. on the playing floor. Don't do it. Just, well. just, just you're on the battlefield there. Get off the battlefield and then be friends again. I, I'm with you. I, once I am you with step you. onto that floor, you don't know them as your friend. You know them as the enemy keeping you from winning. Okay, so what about what about baseball? I'm, I grew up playing baseball, and the winners and the losers, obviously one won, one loss, and at the end of the game, you would all line up and you'd go by, slap hands or shake hands. They don't do that anymore. They don't? No. It's been a while since I've been to a baseball game, baseball, like a little game. So Baseball, the winning team high-fives each other. Okay. They don't high-five the opposite See, team. I grew up just showing respect. Okay, and here's... I'll, I'll raise you one more, and then we'll move on to movies. Okay. Hockey is a bloody sport. Oh, absolutely. I love it's hockey. It's tough. It's violent. It's fast. It's athletic. Yep. It's, it's impossibly hard sure. as a sport. Uh, and they hate each other's guts during the game. During the game. But I, I, re, I have one time... Only once did I see an NHL game end, and I'm sure it's happened more than that, but I've only seen it once, where an NHL game got so violent that the teams did not shake hands afterwards. Every other one I've mm. ever watched, they all skate by each other. Right. They they, they just punch one of their eyes yeah, out of their you socket. Yeah, lose a tooth. And they're shaking hands. Right. But what they're not doing is exchanging jerseys, Making dinner plans, laughing it up, getting matching tattoos, all the things I've already listed. Sure, sure. They I, are shaking hands and saying, good game, good game, good game, and then they leave. Now, if they go to dinner after that, fine. Okay. But on that playing surface, that's that's not the place for fraternizing. So you want it, killer instinct, we're going to do our thing, but I'm not going to show any love until we're in the private, uh, the privacy of ourselves, I guess. Yeah, you know who does it really well? Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Yeah, Russell does. Westbrook does but a lot of things. he comes off as a jerk, though. Fine. I don't care. Okay. He, if, and, but here's where he gets in his own way, is he does it to his teammates. Yeah, that's bad. You, you, you need to only do it to the opposing team. You've got to be a team. Yeah. So, anyway. What are we here to do? Oh, there's, movies. There, hey, there's no I in team, but there's a me. And, and, and a T. <laughs> And a T. And a ta. But let's talk some movies, Austin. Fine. Fine. We got three new releases. Did you know that? We do, but we got to get your showdown results first. Oh, my gosh. I totally <laughs> forgot about that. Uh, every weekend, we send out on Twitter, at Austin Horton, at John Lightfoot one we send out a this movie or that movie, which movie's better. It's called the Movie Zone Movie Showdown. Johnny, uh, you, this was your weekend. What'd you go with? So I went with the fact that we were talking about this earlier, summer movies, right, coming out. And usually every summer there's some sort of shark movie coming out, always, or at least every other summer, whether it's Sharknado or it's The Meg or Jaws 37. Something else is coming out. And so I kind of went, not that I know a shark movie's coming out, but I went with The Meg versus Deep Blue Sea. And Austin, I am proud to say... It was neck and neck. Okay. I'm back to my neck and neck. What were the results? Uh, 30% for the Meg, 32% for Deep Blue Sea. However, show me the results came in at 38%. So no one cares. Well, no, I think the answer <laughs> is I voted for show me the results because I've seen neither of those movies. Really? 
because Neither? I don't care for that genre you in the least. Like sharks, I know you. Nope, do. they're sobs. As you Gordon would Monson trade says. jerseys with sharks. <laughs> I like the San Jose Sharks. Okay, fair enough. They're my second favorite hockey team. I like shark movies. I think they're fun. I like diving and scuba diving and being in the ocean, but I think they are SOBs. <laughs> so the shark theme, uh, I, I don't know that. The Meg was recent. Meg was recent. Deep Blue Sea was 2000s, Not. yeah. Well, who was in that? Was it Samuel uh, Jackson? Uh-huh. No, I haven't seen it. Who gave a great speech and then got eaten? I haven't seen it. Spoiler. No. And I never went and saw The Meg. Really? It's so good. With uh, Jason Statham, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nah. No thanks. The premise of that was a little silly, but it's fun. I just like those big shark movies. So I think the results say more people have not seen either movie. Than I think the results say more people don't care and, want, <laughs> and they want your DVD showdown instead of mine. No, I don't think that's it as, as well. I'll get back to the family-friendly Disney animations this weekend. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, you mentioned it. We got three new movies at uh, the theaters this week, starting with... One that I've never heard of, but it has a cast that you've heard of, if that makes sense. It does, yes. It's called Voyagers, a PG-13 sci-fi thriller adventure starring Colin Farrell, Ty Sheridan, you know him as the main kid in Player Ready, or Ready Player One. Like that movie. And Lily Rose Depp, also Fionn Whitehead from Dunkirk. Oh, great movie. Set in the near future... This film chronicles the odyssey of 30 young men and women who are sent deep into space on a multi-generational mission in search of a new home. The mission descends into madness as the crew reverts to its most primal state, not knowing if the real threat they face is what's outside the ship or who they are becoming on the inside. Mm. Voyagers, rated PG-13. This seems like Lord of the Flies in space. It sounds like something's going to get loose and start turning the, the characters into something that kills something oh, else. Oh, you're going with a horror yeah, type thing. Yeah, I'm going with a horror. Even though it doesn't say it, says sci-fi thriller, I'm kind of, I'm, and I'm guessing now, I have not seen the trailer yet, but I'm going to, and this does sound like my type of movie. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, I think it's a crapshoot for me. Yeah, I don't think this is your cup of tea. I think you're 80% likely to like this movie, and I'm probably 45% likely. Right, there's no animation in it, so you're not going to like it. <laughs> and there's there's no singing, there's no, no dancing. There's no castle in the front of the credits. No humor. Nothing. <laughs> no, no cursive Ds. No. Yeah, so, uh, but I like Colin Farrell, and I like Ty Sheridan. But, if you, but Lord of the Flies in Space is what it sounds like to me, and that could be good, that could be bad. That could be really good. And it could be really bad. And it, you're right. It absolutely could be. The next movie on the list is Mophie, a not-rated drama romance war. Uh-huh. Interesting. A young man in 1981 South Africa must complete his brutal and racist two years of compulsory military service while desperately maintaining personal secrets. Oh, my. This sounds like... A bunch of bad things are going to happen, and he has to keep his mouth shut. I wonder if this is a true story. I don't know. There was no, there's no mention of that, but it sounds interesting. I think this one might be a Redbox movie for me. Okay. That, that makes sense. A two, uh, maybe a $5 Tuesday at Megaplex Theaters? Yeah. I mean, the fact that it, it there's not even an actor listed in it. Yeah. You know, that... So doesn't automatically mean it's not going to be good, but correct. But usually it's a, a good selling point. Yeah. Uh, and the final new release this week, a rated PG 13 action drama thriller playing exclusively, by the way, at the district location of Megaplex theaters. It's titled the Saab, 
an Indian legal drama centering on the life of a criminal lawyer. And by Indian, India. Is India, right. India. So before I get all the pitchforks and, and torches on Twitter. Correct. Uh, the Telugu language in India. This is a legal drama centering on the life of a criminal lawyer. Uh, I don't know. I don't know either. <clears throat> Sorry. Is it is it subtitled? Did you know? Yes, it's it, yes, it's subtitled. It's subtitled. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they wouldn't play it here. May, they might play it in Asia somewhere without subtitles. Not Maybe. necessarily in India, but here in Salt Lake City, they're going to have subtitles on that. Not a lot of Telugu speaking no, people here. No, and uh, I don't know, and, and not for any other reason other than it just doesn't sound interesting to me. Sounds really boring, actually. Right. A movie about a criminal lawyer in India? Nah. Pass. <laughs> Sounds like uh, PBS might pick the rights up to this. <laughs> Sorry. Watch it be the best movie ever made. Right, well, it's going to win Best Picture. I mean, Citizen Kane's a boring movie, but everyone says it's the best ever made. Look, my cousin Vinny is the best <laughs> lawyer movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> All right, there you go. To review, Vakil Saab, the uh, one we just talked too much about. Mafi, young man in South Africa in the 80s, forced to be in the military because that's what they do there. Or did there, I should say. Right. Uh, and uh, he has some secrets he's trying to hide. And Voyagers, the Lord of the Flies in Space with Colin Farrell, Ty Sheridan, and others. Which, by the way, inspired our poll question this week. Okay. So coming up in segment two, coming up next, hop on Twitter at Austin Horton at Johnny Lightfoot one to play along. Uh, when you think of accents, mm-hmm. memorable accents, who, as in what actors or what movies come to mind? Memorable accents in the movies or just in real life? Because Colin Farrell, memorable accent. Sure. Absolutely. That, that is, is Irish. Very. And it's very uh, it's very cool. And I'll tell you who my favorite accent is in Hollywood history. Oh, this will be interesting. And it's not Sean Connery. It's not? No. Okay. Nope. It's someone who is very young and still active in uh, acting. Really? Yep. Okay. Tell you about that, and we'll get your response as well. We also have a soundtrack music lesson of the week, an actor profile, and still to come, We'll round out the show in segment three with a From the Archives unknown and little-known facts about blank. Mm. Can't tell you. Got to stay tuned. That's called a spoiler. <laughs> That's called a tease. If I oh, told tease. you, it would be a spoiler. Sorry, not a... T- Where am I? Where's my head today? Hold on. Take two. <laughs> we'll take a break. Johnny will find his head, and I'll laugh. And we'll be back in five minutes <laughs> or so with your responses here on The Movie Zone. You're locked on to the Movie Zone on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back. Segment two of the Movie Zone. Johnny Lightfoot, Austin Horton with you as always. And we are listening to Beck. Feel good song. Feel good song, right? Yeah. (laughs) No, definitely. I'm a loser, baby. (laughs) Why are we listening to this? Well... Today's lesson in music history actually has something to do with our throwback movie, but I'm not quite ready to give it away just yet what the throwback movie okay. is. So let's just talk about so Beck. So here's a hint. It's a to hint. The, to it has the something to do movie. with the throwback movie. Beck, born Beck David Hansen. Sorry, oh, Beck, sorry, born Beck David Campbell. His name is Beck David Hansen now. 
Does that Why? make sense? I don't know. Who knows? Weird. Okay. July 8th, 1970. He is an American musician, singer, songwriter, and record producer. He rose to fame in the early 1990s with his experimental and lo-fi style and became known for creating musical collages of wide-ranging genres. His musical, you know, you could his music was kind of folk, funk, soul, hip, electronic, alternative, country, psychedelia, a little bit of rock, a little bit of sadness with the loser baby stuff, right? Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Well, he has released 14 studio albums, 3 of which were released on indie labels as well as several non-album singles and a book of sheet music. Born and raised in Los Angeles, he kind of grew towards hip-hop and folk in his teens and began to perform locally at coffee houses and clubs. Then in 1989, he moved to New York City and became involved in the city's small but fiery anti-folk movement. Okay. I don't really know that one. So this is a guy I wouldn't want to hang out with. No, I don't think you would get along too much with Beck, but what Beck did is he, in the 90s, he really brought different styles of music together. As you heard, there was a lot of acoustic guitars and electronica. That was something that wasn't a big thing until really Beck came about. And, you know, he's more than just two turntables and a microphone. He plays, he writes, he does everything. So he's really he's really quite, quite unique. You know, it's kind of a, I don't know, postmodern, alternative rock. I don't know. He's just, he's unique. I think he's very unique. You may not be a fan of his, but just so you know, in February of 2014, Beck had released the album Morning Phase, and it won Album of the Year at the 57th Grammy. So not everyone's a fan of his. I'm not necessarily a fan, but I really appreciate what he has done with music. He's been featured in a ton of TV shows and movie soundtracks, including... Uh, everybody's got to learn sometime. Everyone knows that song. Uh, I can think of it on uh, Eternal. What's that song? What's that movie? Eternal. Uh, Love. No, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless right. Mind. Oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, and uh, the Lego Movie Two. That's right. Super cool. That's a Beck song, right? So. So Beck, like I said, Beck is not everyone's cup of tea, but I really appreciate what he did with music by combining different genres. He's an artist, and art is very subjective. Did you know he was also an actor? No, I didn't. What there, has he been in? There was a, a 1986 punk rock musical. This is right up your thing. <laughs> punk rock musical film. Right popu- up my thing? Yeah. Population, <laughs> my alley? Your alley. Population yeah. one. And uh, if you look closely, you can spot a very young Beck in a non-speaking role. So does that really qualify him as an actor? No. no I, then I'm an actor. You're an actor. I've been in a movie We're not all speaking. actors. I've been in a non-speaking movie. Yeah. yeah. So there. Take I that, killed Beck. everybody in that movie. Did you? I was the bad guy. <laughs> All right, uh, there, Beck. Soundtrack of the week, lesson in music history. We'll uh, tell you why it's <laughs> been chosen when Johnny reveals from the archives in segment three. Oh, yeah. But now it's your time to shine. At Austin Horton, at Johnny Lightfoot One, at Zone Sportsnet on Twitter. Poll question of the week is born from uh, Colin Farrell having a new movie called Voyagers. It's mm-hmm. kind of like Lord of the Flies in space. And uh, Colin Farrell has an incredible accent. Yeah, oh, for sure. And for some reason, I'm second guessing myself saying he's Irish. He's not Scottish, is he? I don't I think, think he's he is. Irish. I think he's Irish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so uh, he he's got an amazing accent, and he's not. He rarely has that accent in his movies. He almost always has an American accent in his, in his movies, but in Bruges and, and other movies, he's. Did you ever get into the show Scrubs? I did. 
yeah. and he had his accent in that one, his, his <laughs> real accent. Uh, but anyway, that got me thinking about memorable accents in movies. He was or, born in uh, Dublin, by the way. Dublin. Dublin. Dublin, Ireland. Uh, so, memorable accents in the movies. Uh, at Austin Horton, at Johnny Lightfoot One. Here are we, and this was a very popular. Oh, I saw. Yeah, question. it was awesome. Uh, right out the gates, our guys, Ute Shasta Trailer and Larry Tassoni, find themselves to be humorous. <laughs> uh, or, well, actually, maybe not. Maybe he meant this. It's not. He didn't necessarily say it's a good accent, but a memorable accent, and that's true. Kevin Costner in Robin Hood. Okay. Prince of Thieves. Yeah, yeah. Horrible. Yeah. Awful. He didn't really have an accent, did he? He tried to have an English accent. Right. Terrible. Yeah, that's what I mean. He R- didn't really. R- Robert says anything Sean Connery did, Mel Gibson in Braveheart, which, funny enough, uh, Ranker has that as the third worst accent ever. <laughs> Mel Gibson's wow. Braveheart. Okay. Scotty G with a great answer. Brad Pitt in Snatch. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. I couldn't understand him for most of the movie. You have to watch it a few times. Yeah, then you get it. Uh, Lyle says Austin Powers. Okay. Oh, behave. Oh, behave. <laughs> Roger says Scotty on the newer Star Trek movies. Chekhov is a close second. I'll okay. have to take your word for it. Okay, yeah. Papa Dave says, I agree with Sean Connery. Christian Bale did a great southern accent in Ford versus Ferrari. Ford v. Ooh, Ferrari. That's that's true. He did a great job. That didn't even look like Christian Bale to me. No, but is it is it that hard to do an accent from the South? It ain't that hard. <laughs> no, but it's memorable. If you can't do a southern accent, you probably can't be an actor. You know, I want to jump in, and I think some other people mentioned this, but I've talked about this movie a few times. Logan's Lucky. Oh, Logan Lucky. Yeah. Logan Lucky. And Craig? Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig yeah. is... Uh, Unbelievable in that. And he plays a redneck. Yeah, actually, hick. everybody in that does that. Adam Driver does great. Yes. Yeah. Uh, BY Ute <laughs> okay. says The Rock in Jumanji is atrocious. He can't do accents. Did he do an accent? I that? don't remember. Or him was doing he just being The Rock? I thought he was just being himself. Just being himself. J. Law Smith says Most of the cast of Young Frankenstein. <laughs> and Sean Connery in virtually any character he played. Sean Connery can be playing an English guy and is going to have a, 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 a Scottish accent. Well, he played a, he played Russian yeah, in Red October. Red October and he was still Scottish. They changed it they just because his Scottish <laughs> accent is so amazing. Right. Uh, Bandit says Leonardo DiCaprio in Blood Diamond. He does like a Southern African accent. Yep. Uh, but it's not great. He said, my buddy and I still call each other bruh because of that. <laughs> uh, the Falcon and the Winter Lundy, Alex Lundberg, says Dick Van Dyke in Mary Poppins. Oh. Yeah, it's a horrible accent, but it's pretty funny. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Uh, Brayden says anything with Gary Oldman, which interestingly enough, I saw an interview with Gary Oldman. I love him. He said that he had he has done so many different accents in movies and uh, in 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 the theater that he had to reteach himself his natural accent. Really? Which I found really? fascinating. Okay. Why why would you bother? I don't know. Because it, 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 and he actually addressed it cuz that was my first thought was why just and he said it just meant so much to me to have that culture still. He just forgot what his was. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so he says, Braden says anything with Gary Oldman, Idris Elba, Johnny Depp in Pirates, 
Martin Sheen as General Lee in Gettysburg. That's good. Wow, okay. And Walter Brennan and Dean Martin in Rio Bravo. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go a little little distant back here, back to 1964 with Audrey Hepburn in My Fair Lady. Oh. Remember when she was going, the rain in Spain? Yeah. And she had to have that, well, I don't know what you'd call that accent she had to do. The, uh, what would you call it? It was almost a, it was almost a Cockney kind yeah. of accent, but it wasn't. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's, it, it was like, uh, not Cockney, but yeah, maybe Cockney. Maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know, but it was very memorable to me. Uh, Chris says Daniel Craig for two of them, Knives Out and Logan Lucky. Yeah, Logan Lucky. Uh, and uh, Larry Tassoni then sends in the gif of, what is this, CSI? KFC? Uh, Jedi Knight Rider says uh, Sean Connery is James Bond. John Casper, the same. Roger Crook says Adam Sandler in The Waterboy. <laughs> That's a memorable <laughs> accent. You can go with Little Nicky, too. My brother Cassius hit me in the face with a shovel. So dumb. <laughs> Hugh Jackman in X-Men says Daniel Kelly. Brett McCormick shows Nacho Libre. Nice. Jack Black. Brian, Cool Runnings is the right answer, and Ben says solid choice. How about Strange Brew? Gets me every time. Oh, sure. Doug and uh, what was it? Doug, Doug and, and Bob McKenzie. Yes, Doug and Bob. Uh, just a few more. Chris sends in Anigo Montoya. Hello. <laughs> my name is Anigo Montoya. Oh, that might be the best answer you right there. You my father. Prepare to die. Scott sends in my favorite answer so far, and that is Daniel Day-Lewis in There Will Be Blood. Ooh. Boy, is, <clears throat> is there a bad Daniel Day-Lewis movie? Yeah, but... No. Yes, that no. one he just did that was supposed to be his last movie he's ever been in. I don't... Or ever will be, and he played like some fashion guru guy. Oh, see, so, uh, that doesn't count. Uh... <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I don't know what this guy's Twitter name is, so I'm going to not read it. Inglorious for Brad Pitt. Strudel scene with Christopher Valse. Oh, yeah. Christoph Valse uh, in the strudel scene mm -hmm. where he's putting the apre la creme. <laughs> uh, the epic bar scene with Fassbender switching from German to English. So good. That movie is an all time accent movie. Oh, big time, big time. Jeremy sends in uh, Sean Connery as Indiana Jones Sr. He was just himself. The floor's on fire. <laughs> uh, Dominic Pace sends in the usual suspects. We've got Ooh. another great answer. Val Kilmer in Tombstone. Yeah. I'm your Huckleberry. I'm your Huckleberry. As Doc Holliday. Uh, I don't know who this guy is in Sense and Sensibility, so... Can't good, see it. Don't my glasses on. You're reply. too far away. And then finally... Uh, we have, uh, uh, uh sorry, uh, this Liam Neeson and you can take your pick between Aslan and Taken. It's, it's the same it's just accent. Him. It's just him. But you couldn't have anyone else do Aslan, could you? No, yeah. but it's just him. I mean, he was, uh, obviously you're talking about the, the, the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, yes, yes. but, uh. Whether it's the Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe, or he's Qui-Gon in Star Wars, <laughs> or he's Taken. It's the same guy. <laughs> Indeed. All right, so there you go. There's our memorable accents in the movies. Uh, I told you last segment I would be sharing with you my favorite accent in Hollywood. Yes, I'm ready. Have you ever seen The Lovely Bones or uh, Pretty Bird? Lady Bird, sorry. Lady Bird. Not Pretty Bird, Lady Bird. Lady, right, 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 right. And okay. the, uh, Shursa Ronan. Really? Do you know who she is? No. Shursa Ronan? No. Inform me. Search her right now. S-A-O-I-R-S-E. 
Saoirse Ronan. She's a, a, a an Irish girl, and she's an incredible actress. But, oh yes, but I could listen to her read toothpaste instructions. Really, her like accent it. is so pure. She's it's a Golden amazing. Globe Award. She's an incredible actress. And nominated for four Academy Awards. And by all accounts, she's just a normal person, just yeah. down to earth, and and but happens to be really good at acting. So, Shersa Ronan. My favorite accent in Hollywood. She got into acting really young. She was born in 94 and started acting in 2003. Wow. That's pretty young. Yeah, um, and it took off pretty quick because uh, The Lovely Bones was like the first big thing she was in, and boom, 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 and all just boom. caught fire after that. Uh, should we hear a little of Shirsa Ronan's accent Let's for do those it. that aren't familiar? I'll play, uh, this is from the Stephen Colbert show. She was on and she tried to teach... Stephen Colbert, how to speak (laughs) with an Irish accent. Uh, And so I'll play a little bit of that just so you understand where I'm coming from on this. Americans love Irish people. And we love... Even the way you said that sounded very Irish. Did it now? It did. Yes, it did. Yes. Not bad bad at the old uh, Irish road Not bad at the Irish accent, am I? Could you teach me to do a real Irish accent? I could try. I could, I could certainly try. try. I could try. It could, I mean, it could be a challenge. It could be a challenge. Well, we'll give it a go. So there you go. Oh, man, you are so right. That's a great accent. You could listen to her read the, the, the Bible. Oh, man. <laughs> you would love the Bible all of a sudden. Well, maybe not. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, no comment. But uh, yeah. pick your boring book. She'll read it and you'll like it. No, that, that's a fun accent. And I love how. She could read you a Gordon Monson column and make it interesting. <laughs> oh, man. Bada boom. Boom. I, Gordon's going to I love how every, uh, every sentence ends in an up. I you know try. what I mean? I could, I could try. <laughs> I you could know try. what I mean? I could try. I can't even do it. It's a right. good accent. So that's my favorite accent. Now, before we break and get into uh, From the Archives, it's time. For This Is Your Life. Yes. Actor profile. Fire up the orchestra. Johnny, who are you teaching us about this week? Today, we are going to talk about Anna Kendrick. Kendrick. Oh, no. No? No? You're not an Anna Kendrick fan? No. I'm the number one anti-Anna Kendrick person. Really? She sucks. Okay. Well, maybe this (laughs) will change your mind. No, it won't. Now, here's a question. What does Beck and Anna Kendrick have in common with our throwback movie? I don't know. Mm. I've not seen the throwback movie. So Anna Kendrick, born Anna Kendrick, August 9th, 1985, American actress and singer. She began her career as a child in theater productions, and her first starring role was in the 1998 Broadway, Broadway musical High Society. You familiar with that one? No. <laughs> well, she did earn a nomination for a Tony Award in that as Best Featured Actress. Oh, well. Yes. She made her film debut in a musical comedy... Camp, which was in 2003, but most people kind of know her from being in the Twilight Saga, which was from 2008 to 2012. Uh, Kendrick achieved further recognition uh, for the comedy drama Up in the Air in 2009, and of course, Pitch Perfect, right? Yeah, yeah, Pitch Perfect and Trolls. Those right. gems. Sure. Ugh. Sure. I can get that. Well, the Cup song. Do you know the Cup song? Yes, 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 yes. Well, Got Anna, a ticket for a one-way train. That's right. Well, she didn't write that song. Uh, <laughs> in fact, she was she admitted to learning it off of Reddit. Anna learned the song lyrics and cor- and, chore- and choreographed. Wait, wait. Chore- uh, what's the word? Yeah, choreographed. Yeah, choreographed and performed it during her audition for the movie of 
up in the air. Okay. They liked it so much, they use it in the actual movie. I'm sorry, this is not up in the air. This is pitch, pitch perfect. perfect. Sorry, yeah. my bad. That's my bad. Man, my head is still off, buddy. It's still off. You're fine. Uh, despite not being the original artist of the Cup song, her version became exceptionally popular. And after a year after it was released from Pitch Perfect, Cups became a number six hit on the Billboard Top 100, number one on Billboard's adult contemporary radio, and it charted at number two for adult pop songs. She even made a music video for it. Wow. What? Yeah. Now, this is my favorite part of this right here. Remember she was in Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates? Oh, yeah. I didn't see it, but I remember that movie. Well, they had to eat pig parts during that movie, and everyone just- hot dogs? Yeah, but they're supposed to be pig parts. Uh-huh. Well, everybody faked eating it except for Zac Efron, and uh, he puked on her. He really ate it. He really ate it and puked on Anna Kendrick. So there you go, My Anna. hero. Yeah, I knew you would like that. And her love uh, life has been really interesting. She seems to date people she works with. Hmm. She In 2009, she began, she began dating English filmmaker Edgar Wright after they met while filming Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. They split up in 2013. And then again, she started dating the cinematographer Ben Richardson after they met in Drinking Buddies. So, moral of that story, you want to date Anna Kendrick? Do a movie with her. Good news, I don't, and I won't. You won't? Where is she from again? I don't know. You said at the beginning. She's born August She's 9th. American, she's American. No, but where? Uh, I don't have that information, Austin. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said it earlier. I can find it. Uh, well, I, there's a lot of people that think she's funny and adorable and cute and, and talented, and those people are wrong. <laughs> so. You don't find anything she does? Good? Literally nothing about her entices me to not want to jump off a bridge. You know, it's interesting. I uh, When I saw her in Twilight, I was kind of surprised that she had more of a career after that. Because she was so bad? Yeah, she was so bad. You know what? She was so bad, she even forgot she was in that movie at one point. During an interview, she brought up, she says, oh yeah, she was born in Portland, Maine, by the way. That makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, I'm such a hater. All right, uh, there you go. This is your life, Anna Kendrick, and we're grateful you have one. Coming up next, (laughs) we'll uh, get uh, from the archives, little known and unknown facts about one of Johnny's all-time favorite movies. Yep. And one that I'm ashamed to say I haven't seen. I'm disappointed. It comes up a lot on the show, and I've yet to see it. I know you, we got to get we got to change that. We'll uh, we'll talk about it uh, if you are familiar with uh, the Mayflower in 1492. No, that was Columbus. Uh, the Mayflower is your uh, the Mayflower, or if you drive a Plymouth, you might know this. I see where you're going. This, this movie. I see. Thanksgiving. <sighs> Yes, if you like Thanksgiving, this movie's not about that, but okay. shares a name with something from Thanksgiving time. More next on the Movie Zone. I need a Tylenol. <laughs> we are Sex the Bomb! One, two, three, four! You're locked on to the Movie Zone on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to the Movie Zone final segment this week. Yeah. I'm Austin. He's Johnny. Uh, this is a melt your face type yeah, song. right? What is this and what is it from? This is Sex bob Now, we, Beck was soundtrack of the Beck. week. Yes, Beck wrote this song. Oh. And the band in the movie, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, 
the band is called Sex Bomb. I see. So and, that is them. And uh, that being your favorite movie of all time. Not favorite movie of all time, but definitely a favorite movie. Why? It focuses on a bass player. And that's going to be our From the Archives. Johnny's going to give us unknown or little known facts about the movie Scott Pilgrim versus the world and, and I've never seen it. You need to see this movie. Is it funny? It's funny. It's fun. It's it's comic book slash video game all combined into one. I just want to punch Michael Sarah anytime I see him in a movie. <laughs> I can get that. He's actually pretty funny in this. Mm. Well, Scott Pilgrim versus the world came out in 2010, directed by Edgar Wright, who we just mentioned in the last the last segment there, starring, this is an all-star cast, Michael Sarah, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who you might recognize from the latest uh, Harley Quinn movie. Oh, okay. Uh, now, the Macaulay Culkin brother, I asked you already, now I can't remember. Kieran. How, thank you. Kieran Culkin, Anna Kendrick, Allison Pill, Audrey Plaza, Jason Schwartzman, and yes, Captain America and Captain Marvel are in this as well. Chris Evans as Lucas Lee and Brie Larson as Envy Adams. It's a rated <laughs> PG-13 with a runtime of 112 minutes. Had a budget of $60 million. However, it only made $47.5 million. <laughs> now, this is a type of movie that did not do well in the theaters. It had its life on DVD afterwards. And clearly it shows because Rotten Tomatoes gives it 82% critics and 84% fans. Wow. So it didn't do well in the theater, but does well after. Correct. It's a cult following. It's one of those cult followings, yes. It's based on a series of book scott pilgrim books and they kind of took from every one of the books and put it into this movie so all six books into one the movie's title comes from the second volume of the graphic novel series the movie is however an adaptation of six volumes and not of one particular the first book was titled scott pilgrim's precious little life and was the working title of this movie scott pilgrim's precious little life yeah now, the four cast members that made up the band Sex Bomb, and I say four because there was young Neil who came in afterwards, spent several weeks learning how to play together as a band and had to learn their instruments from scratch. Huh. However, Michael Sarah had to dumb down his bass playing in order to outshine, in order to not outshine his bandmates. So, yes, Michael Sarah is a bass player and he had to play weaker he had to look like he wasn't a real bass player yes gotcha now here's my problem one problem with this every bassist in the movie plays with a pick instead of their fingers they're fired get out of here you're fired you don't you don't approve depends on the music (laughs) (laughs) all right sorry that's got about a minute left here all right as i mentioned this is basically they take the theme kind of from the nintendo s uh snes game the legend of zelda zelda a link to the past By writing a letter to Nintendo saying that it considered it to be the nursery rhyme of this generation. Several sound effects from the game can also be heard throughout the screens or scenes in Scott's band practice rooms. You need to see this movie, man. You are going to absolutely love this movie. Is it a comedy? Is it a sci-fi? It's a comedy action and in fact they even say here that it's kind of like a musical. However, instead of singing, there's fight scenes. They break into a fight instead of song and dance. It really doesn't sound like I'd like it. You don't think so? Sorry. Well, uh, Sex Babom has two members, Stephen Stills and Young Neil, whose characters' names were called members of, can you guess? Neil Young and Stephen Stills, mm -hmm. right? Hello. From Stills, Crosby, Nash, and Young. And the 8-bit Universal logo at the beginning of the film was Edgar Wright's, the director's idea, and it was then designed to, by his brother Oscar, the concept 
was just kind of this working title, but they wanted that 8-bit Legend of Zelda look, and they just threw it up there as a working thing, and they ended up keeping the whole thing for the movie. It never wow. changed from the original. Now, you can find an alternate ending to this film in which Ramona left Scott Pilgrim to explore what she was like without having a boyfriend because Scott has to fight her seven evil exes. And in that version, he ends up with knives. But I feel silly because I'm telling you about this movie, Austin, and you're just looking at me like, yeah, we got like five seconds. Come on. I, I, we did. You're we're, like counting it down. We're way out of time. Uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. I'm glad you like it. You need to There's see this. There's a lot listening to like it. Scott I'm, Pilgrim is a generational movie. I might movie. see it by accident someday. No, but I'm going to bring purpose. you the DVD and you're no, going to see it. No. Well, uh, we'll see. All right. Uh, I'm sorry. Okay. I, I'm sure it's a great movie. I just haven't seen it. Blown up in flames right there. Uh, coming up next week, we have uh, Mortal Kombat. I'm so excited. Now, you admitted you didn't like it at first, then you saw the trailer and you kind of liked it. Yeah, if you like blood and guts, this is your movie. Get over here. We'll talk about that and more coming up next week here on the Movie Zone. He's Johnny. I'm Austin. Enjoy your weekend. Uh, go Jazz. Yeah. And uh, they, we're down the home stretch. Here we come. All Everybody right. be friends. Be back. No. <laughs> be back in one week's time or so here on the Movie Zone.